0: Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today, I'm chatting with Alexis about manifestation, but with a twist. Our conversation beautifully progresses into ulcerative colitis and then something that we're not supposed to talk about. Let's just say healthy living. Anyway, grab your cocktail and we'll see you in the lounge. Alexis, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today?
1: Hi. So I'm super boring. I'm drinking water. Um just because it's early, but I was drinking some herbal tea earlier. Oh, wow. What <laughs> kind of herbal tea though? <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny actually going, um, along with sipping, you know, I have my podcast, the sipping vibe. And so I always ask, so I had me and Lexi's friend, Ashley Vives on my podcast. And of course, like we usually ask like, what are you sipping on? And somebody's like, Oh, wine or blah, blah, blah. This girl, you guys, we love her but she is very la she was like green matcha with lavender something something i was like very LA milk. Of you. lavender and oat milk yes, yes. that's what yes. she oat had milk. on that's mine what it is. that's <laughs> what it is and i was like was that the one that i was sipping on in um because i was drinking her drink when we were all in san diego for the retreat together and she was like yep and i'm like oh I love you, Ash. So, anyways, it was just funny because you just asked me that, and I just asked her that, and I'm like, I feel so boring saying water, but yeah. well, really I feel like I'm... the circle just became
0: whole. I mean, if mm-hmm. I had champagne, you know what I should start doing? I only report, record podcasts on Tuesdays, but I should start having champagne like mimosas on Tuesdays while I'm doing these podcasts. like,
1: yeah! But I actually do with my team. We do martini Mondays because Mondays are not supposed to suck. So we work until 2 PM and then we do a late lunch and we do martinis. At two.
0: Oh my gosh. Wait, is your team no. local to you? So you go, you do this all in person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have two girls that work for me. One is part-time and one is full-time. And then I have a virtual assistant who lives in North Carolina that I've actually never met, but I keep threatening her that I'm going to fly her out here for something. I just I, I'm waiting for the good time, like the right I'm time. threatening her to fly her to Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I'm has to be a threat. I'm in Connecticut, actually. It's oh! just, you know, it, is, it <laughs> is fun. It's just, it's freezing here. She doesn't want to come here. It's like warmer there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, Connecticut is how close to New York? Cause I feel like everyone goes there. We're right next to New York.
1: Yeah. So it goes, basically you have to drive through New York to get to Jersey from us. So Connecticut is perfectly in between Boston and the city, New York city. Oh my God. That's why so many people move there. Huh? Cause it, you're very yeah. local. We are. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay uh well i feel like i've just been cultured and this is the end of the podcast thank you so much for coming i'm just kidding (laughs)
1: actually Actually, something that will blow your mind um is that we are actually the pizza state so we're known for our pizza and people might hate me for saying this, but you know, Dave Portnoy, who is like, you know, he owns Barstool Sports. He actually just named Sally's Pizza, which is in New Haven, which is where I, the town that I live in as the best pizza restaurant in the United States. So everyone thinks that like Jersey and New York have the pizza, but actually New Haven has like the best collection of the best pizza restaurants in the United States. It's dead ass. Very, very fun fact. If you like look at it up. yeah <laughs> so anyways we um are the pizza state
0: <laughs> to, Connecticut to try this
1: pizza yes but i did have
0: new york pizza when i was there and it really it was really good so i'm i'm interested to hear like
1: yeah t- new york and new jersey have great pizza too i think we're just known because new haven in particular has the famous spots which are sally's pepe's modern and oh my god what's the last one I can't think of the last one right now but um there's like four of them that everybody like people drive from all over to come to these pizza restaurants like and they're hole be, in the walls
0: that would be such a far drive for me I'd have to drive across the country <laughs> <laughs> well Alexis tell us about what you do who you are who you serve
1: like just give us the dirty deeds. All the things, all the things. Yeah. So I am a master mindset and manifestation coach. Um, And along with that, I also do business coaching. You know, I have run, I have now had five businesses that I started from the ground up. I currently have three um, that I all monetize. I mean, every business has been monetized. And when I started coaching, I realized that a lot of women came to me naturally because of my business experience, my marketing experience. I have a blog, so I'm a travel and lifestyle blogger, um, and they, and they came to me for that. But, um, my important thing and kind of like where I have like a unique niche is that yes, I'm a business coach. but. I will always teach manifestation. Like we're not coming to my sessions and just talking about your business. We are talking about your business half the time and the other half of the time we're talking about your mindset, your blockages because to me, like having a successful business and manifestation go hand in hand and you really need to learn how to step into gratitude and love yourself and um make sure that all of your external factors are very positive in your life so you're not blocking yourself from making the money that you want to make and the success that you want to make.
0: That that's so important because I feel like a, like you said a lot of business coaches just focus just on the business aspect of it like what are your goals how are we going to make you hit those goals but mindset is the bedrock. Um yeah. So for people who don't know what manifest manifestation is, <laughs> can you just go give like a manifestation 101
1: rundown? Yeah, absolutely. So manifestation is the act of turning your dreams into reality. Um, my favorite scholar, Bob Proctor, who unfortunately passed away last week. I'm so sad about it. Um, he said, "If you can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand." So what that means that anything that you can think of in your head, you can find an actuality or a reality for it. So if you think in your head that you can be a millionaire, then that is a possibility for you. And all you have to do is really believe it, put it into, put the inspired action in, aligned inspired action, and then wait for the universe to bring it to you, um, but just really, really believe that it's happening, and making sure that you're making the aligned action to make that happen. So, a lot of manifestation in my classes and all of that, we talk a lot about the law of attraction, which is huge and one of the first things that you have to really grasp in manifestation. The law of attraction states that you know you, what you're what you're thinking about yourself is what you attract. So. One really easy example is like relationships. If you're the type of person who attracts toxic relationships or people cheating on you or something like that, it's one of two things. It's either that you are also that type of person, um, which is why we see a lot of cheating. Not only one person is cheating, but both of them are cheating or, or one of them is manipulating and the other one is cheating or something along the lines of that. Um, so it's either that, or it's the fact that you don't love yourself that much. And so you're attracting people who also don't love you. So I really try to help, not that they don't love you, but you know, you're, you attract like what you think about yourself. So that's why with my clients, it's really important for me to teach them that loving yourself is very, very important because how you love yourself is how you're going to teach others how to love you.
0: Mhm it's like that old quote of you teach people how to treat you.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So are some people exactly more is. is the right word adept, adapt, adept to
1: manifest things easier than others? Yes. Yes, good question. So someone can manifest easier and quicker if they are really in full gratitude of their life. So What that means is I am already grateful for where I am now instead of being the person who's like, well, I'll be grateful. I'll be happy with my life when I get the job. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I find that person. I'll be happy, happy, happy this. But what happens is because we're not happy right now and we can't find the gratitude right now, when we actually get to that point where we said we were going to be happy, we're still not happy and we still have some sort of unfulfillment and unhappiness in our life because we didn't work on it then. So it's really it's really important in terms of manifestation to know how to step into gratitude and to just be so freaking grateful. Um I mean I'm at the point in my master practice where You know, I can really sit in gratitude and cry, um, you know, make myself kind of cry on key. I I mean, it's not like a like a fake thing. It's just, you know, I'm really when I'm manifesting, I'm really trying to conjure up the feelings of happiness. So then when you're manifesting um, and what I mean by manifesting is you you're sitting in meditation basically envisioning yourself grasping what you have so you have to have a very visual sense of mind so if i am manifesting um you know well and i just had our two years yesterday so actually yesterday i officially started manifesting my proposal Never done it before. Um, I've never, I did manifest Walt. So I just think it makes sense for me to manifest the proposal as well. Obviously, I'm not going to tell him like what I want because I want to, you know, check my skills. Ooh. But, you know, so I just really sat there and I visualized like exactly, you know, what I want. Um, and for me, um, and this goes back to human design. So figuring out your human design, which is like a whole nother story. But if you are a specific or non-specific manifester, so I'm a non-specific manifester. So what that means is when I'm manifesting in meditation, I really need to concentrate on the feelings that I want to get from that. And the phrase this or something better is very important to me because I don't need the exact thing that I was manifesting in meditation for. Specific manifestors, they really need to be very specific on what they want, because if they're manifesting a red house and they get a blue house, then they're going to be unsatisfied. So they have to like be very specific with all of the details of the things that they're envisioning. Um, So going back to your question, yeah, it does matter. You need to be able to, to people who manifest quicker and faster are already fulfilled and can find gratitude and happiness in their life now before getting the things that they want. Um, and they are also believing that it can happen before it actually does.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, just in general. Um, my own self love journey that really made me check myself because i like i would sit there in dead ass silence and that was the scariest thing for me because my self talk was so bad and up mm. until like 2 years ago i thought the thoughts in my head were my reality and my truth so if i was like no, I'm, I'm really bad at this. Like, I'm really bad at sports. Then anytime my friends and I would be out somewhere and there was like a volleyball court and they're like, let's play volleyball. And I'm like, no, I'm really bad at sports. And I wouldn't <laughs> even try because I'm just like, so I'm so bad at it. Um, it was just really interesting to me once I learned that your thoughts are not your reality, like they aren't what makes you, you that kind of changed everything for me. And, um, I, until you the
1: sports <laughs> i'm well, wondering if you have played volleyball since this no
0: <laughs> yeah, i did okay so what happened was when i was in high school i or i was like going from eighth grade to high school mm-hmm. um, my mom really wanted me to get into sports and i went to like the volleyball clinic at the high school and i sucked ass like I was so couldn't even hit the ball like hand-eye coordination (laughs) does not exist for me yeah um so I I kind of like swore it off and I think that's where that belief came from because it's one of those things that it was so like embarrassing to me that it just lives inside of me and it was like I can't do that anymore um but what was interesting was before I even realized that your thoughts aren't your absolute truth we went to my friend's cabin in Eastern Washington and they had like a volleyball court there. So we were playing, we played and I actually like hit the ball a few times. And like, I, I put all my effort towards it. And I was like, okay, I'm not like horrible, but still I'm not as good as other people who are like naturally skilled in sports. Like I have this one friend, no matter what freaking sports ball she picks up or whatever she tries, like she's good. She could throw a football super far. She can dominate in volleyball. She can, kill it in cornhole. Like no matter what she does, she's just like super good. And I'm like, that's not me, but see, that's a that's my, <laughs> yeah. Coming to my head. Cause I also didn't put my full effort towards it. Like I take full yeah. responsibility for that. I, I was like, I'm not good. So I'm not going to try.
1: Yeah. But Before- it's okay to have limiting beliefs about things that aren't really important to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like unless it, Like it would be different if you were like, I really want to be involved like with my friends and I really want to be able to like play with them. But if you genuinely enjoy being on the sidelines with a beer instead, like no, no need to even waste the energy, like, working with that limiting belief to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we have so many limiting beliefs that block us from doing the things that we genuinely want to do.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think there's a part of me that really does want to, like, be involved in in mm. that way. So
1: mm, I, like I, think, that.
0: I think that's why I I would rather be involved than sit on the sidelines because I have really bad FOMO. Like, uh, really mm. bad. If there's, like we were going to do this, uh, this girl's weekend or brunch or day or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I got COVID and I'm like, (laughs) but then luckily everybody else got sick or couldn't make it. So we had to reschedule it. And I was like, did I manifest this? Yes,
1: Yes, (laughs) you did.
0: I also did not know what manifestation was until we went to our retreat. Remember the night there,
1: you guys were like, Oh, manifest something that, that night. Two drinks. Oh yes, that's what you did. Remember that? We told you every time me and Annie are together, we always manifest free stuff. Yes, yeah. Annie so, and Ashley. Yeah.
0: So to give anybody who's listening a little context, they Alexis, Annie and Ashley all went out the night before I got to the retreat and I, Annie manifested a couple drinks, right? Yeah. We got some drinks. Yeah. And they had told me that when I got there and I was like, what does that even mean? And I started asking Alexis, I was like, what is manifestation? Like what? I just genuinely like, don't, I hear the word all the time, but I don't know what it means. And so they were telling me about it. And I was like, oh, I can, I'll manifest some drinks tonight. And then when we were out to dinner, I got two Venmos from two different
1: people that were like, here's a drink on me.
0: It and was so, so weird,
1: random, but yeah. so amazing. You just have to put it out into the universe. Like universe, can I have some cocktails and then picture yourself actually getting them?
0: Yeah. Well, see <laughs> yeah. in my head, if I was to manifest a drink, it would have been from some creepy old dude at the bar, like that dude at the bar with the dog. That would have been who I got a drink from, not like two random people in my Venmo. So that was, that was yeah. really cool to me. Um, but going back to what you were saying about gratitude and visual visualization, is there anything else that manifestation physically looks like to help people actually call in these things into their life?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And the way that I explain it is, you know, manifestation is not logical. It's something that really needs to come from within. And it's more of like an inner work and belief that you have versus like showing, like doing something physical, I guess. But it really does come down to like, just really being able to see yourself as not a possibility, but like, this is mine. Like, I don't tell people, like, I hope I'm a millionaire one day. I tell people I'm going to be a millionaire one day because I already see it. I already feel it. I already taste it. And the big thing, and this kind of goes back to what you just said about how you thought that the drinks were going to come. One thing about manifestation is, you know, putting it out to the universe is the first part of the creation process. Then it's the belief that you can attain it then putting in the inspired action, meaning action that is like aligned with the things that you wanna do. So if I want to be like a millionaire, I have to work, right? I have to like try to find money. It wouldn't be aligned for me to sit here and do nothing. (laughs) Um, So like putting in that aligned work to make the money. But the last part, which is the most important is releasing the how. So however it comes to you, because it usually comes to you. Like when I try to manifest a specific amount of money, comes to me in all different ways like it'll be like a thousand here two thousand here and i'm like what like it just comes from the most random sources or the most random people reach out to me to either get coaching or um, with my media account my media company you know to do media for them it's it i mean friends i've manifested friends as clients friends giving me money my family it's it's really crazy but it's really comes down to like releasing the how and just knowing that regardless of when or how it's still going to be yours eventually
0: Mm -hmm. i i tell people which is i'm sure they look at me insane but i I tell them i'm gonna have a four million dollar house in scottsdale Um, Just kind of like, I guess, how Gary Vee is like, I'm going to buy the Jets. (laughs) Yeah. But I genuinely am like, why not me? Why not? But where I'm from... That gross or not the gross, but the um like the average income is like, I don't know, like forty-five thousand dollars a year. Some people Ugh. make more than that, but like the yeah. American dream where I'm from is like you're lucky if you make a hundred thousand a year and retire making like one fifty. And mm. so to people around here, when I'm like, yep, I'm gonna have a four million dollar house in Scottsdale, they're like, The fuck you are? Like what? <laughs> who are like who do you think you are? But I think that's a that's something that probably has to go into manifestation is like, yes, well, you're going to have it regardless of what all the other bitches in your neighborhood think.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, acting as if is something like really huge, you know, like I practice this with people I don't know. So if I don't know them, I will be like, yeah, I'm a master mindset speaker because my next step is that I want to speak more. And I have already been on panels before and done and sp- and spoken um in in groups of people however i've never been a keynote speaker before and so that's kind of like one of my things so i have no problem telling somebody you know i am a master mindset speaker and that puts me acting as if do i tell that to like friends i meet or like you know no like i'm not lying but it helps you practice you know when you're when you're doing something like that
0: yeah. That, I mean, to give you an example, listeners, I was talking to one of my friends who's like, she is, she's an MC. She's a keynote speaker. Like she has done all of the things. She's a really good networker. And I have this event I'm going to tomorrow and it's for like the a hundred most influential people in the South sound of Washington. And cool. I'm very nervous to go, but I was telling her like, I have these clients that I'm trying to find speaking gigs for. And I'm like, what, what would you recommend? And she went through this all with me. And she was like, honestly, Lexi, she's like, I think you'd be a really good speaker. And so we were kind of bantering back and forth about it. And she was like, oh, tell Lori tomorrow that you are a speaker or that you're speaking now. And I was like, oh, so should I tell her that like, I want to become a speaker. And she was like, no, tell her you are a speaker now. Like you are doing speaking yeah. stuff now. And I was exactly. like, "Exactly." I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But like it never clicked with me. So I guess that that is what manifestation is, is like speaking it out into existence. Like our words are so powerful.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember one of my coaches, like when I was a teenager, I Before I became a coach, before I was in sales, I was in musical theater and they, you know, I was getting coached and I never forget that she told me if anybody asks you, like, do you sing at an audition? Like, what do you say? And I was like, I say, I'm okay. (laughs) Like I can get through the course. And she's like, no, if they ask you if you sing, everyone sings, so you say yes. And did they ask you if you sing? Well, no, they just asked you if you sing, and then you always say yes. And it made so much sense because sometimes I would check other boxes that wouldn't put me through to the next round because I would put like, I'm not a singer and I'm only a dancer and it opened up my stuff and I ended up getting like something in the chorus because at the end of the day i'm not an amazing singer but i wasn't an- good enough to get onto a chorus wow
0: okay how m- how many times have we done that in life where we like overanalyze what people are going to ask us you know yeah like, you're like oh i can't say that i'm a manifestation coach because i don't have a degree in manifestation so i, I-, I <laughs> kind of shit on myself a little bit so people don't question me but like nobody
1: actually cares. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going through that. Like re- I was like, cause I mean, my podcast says master mindset coach and I'm like, what determines that I'm a master mindset coach? And you know what I determine that because I have so much knowledge. There's not a question that you could ask me that I can't really answer when it comes to ma- manifestation. So I consider that me being a master mindset expert, you know, yeah. like who, who says it? No one. It, we decided about ourselves.
0: Yeah. And who decided that ten thousand hours was when you became an expert? Like uh, <laughs> honestly, is anybody truly an expert? Because things are changing all the time. And I feel like if you're an expert not what it not,
1: is, ten thousand.
0: Yeah. And but I'd like
1: definitely put at least t- I would say ten thousand hours into manifestation, right? Over the course yeah, of a right? few years.
0: Think of people who are like Instagram coaches, for example, if they put in 10,000 hours on Instagram, which is very easy, but then there's a new update with Instagram. They're not an Instagram expert anymore. You have to do 10,000 hours of this new update, right? But it's like oh, no, right. Nobody's a yeah. expert. Nobody. Yeah. Like everybody's learning and if you're too rigid to continue learning, then you're definitely
1: not an expert. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be an expert. we keep the experts for like the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> we want them to be experts.
0: But even doctors should continue to learn oh, educate and educate
1: themselves 100% yeah. and be updated. You're right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why even okay my husband had ulcerative colitis when we first got married. And he <gasps> was like, "About Wait, to- you know
1: Walt has ulcerative colitis, right?" He does. Yeah.
0: What? Is it does he, is he on like Remicade or anything?
1: Yeah, so they just took him off Remicade. His last infusion was 2 weeks ago and they're putting him on a new pill because unfortunately it's not working. But to give you guys some context, ulcerative colitis is another um, the closest you guys would know is probably Crohn's disease, but it is like an inflammation of the stomach. Um, that's so sad. I yeah. Know.
0: Well, he had, to oh. get his, he had to get his colon completely removed.
1: Oh, okay. Does he have a bag?
0: No, he did, but he got the surgery, um, the reconstructive surgery. So he had the J pouch for a year. They, they did the surgery in three different phases. So the first phase was they took, to col- took the colon out, um, and then they made the, the, the makeshift colon out of the small intestine inside. So then the second surgery was hooking that up with. Um, no, hold on. First phase was <laughs> taking the colon out, putting in the the J pouch, which is like the bag you would poop in. So they essentially yeah. pipe your your um, small intestine yeah. out of your stomach wall, and then you poop in a bag. And yeah. then the second surgery he had was making the makeshift colon out of a small intestine so it like has kind of it looks like it literally looks like a j and there's like mm-hmm. a little holding tank because if you guys don't know anything about the colon it pulls out all of the nutrients the the water the vitamins the minerals out of your food and that's what makes you nourish so then when you have ulcerative colitis your body's way too inflamed to even do that like yeah have bloody stool diarrhea yeah. um, some people have like vomiting some people i mean you can get very mal malnourished quickly yeah um so then, the second or the third surgery was hooking up. So taking the uh, the J pouch away, hooking up that part that was piped through his stomach wall into mm-hmm. the makeshift colon. So now he goes to the bathroom like regularly, except he doesn't have a colon, so it's like lifetime diarrhea. Love you, Ryle. Sorry if you're listening. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the we went to the local place near us at first, the local gastroenterologist and did not like them because they were very much like, Oh yeah, just come back in like two months and follow up. And he kept calling like, something's not right. Something's not right. So then we eventually went down to UW, which is like the medical hospital here, the college. And i liked that so much more because the doctors there are constantly being checked they're constantly having these Mm -hmm. people that are learning and asking questions and checking these doctors like well why do we do it that way or should we try this way or like what would happen if we tried it this way that i feel like that constantly keeps the brain moving because i feel like a lot of doctors get out of school they have their certain amount of credits they have to do every year and then they just are kind of like sitting in those those ways that they've known for however long they've been out of school. They're not like constantly being checked by people who are new bright minds. So yeah, um, that's something that I really, really liked about going to like uh, a, like a university hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know Mm -hmm. how I got on that. So actually, (laughs) yeah. A wall actually goes to Yale, New Haven, which is awesome because Yale is in New Haven where we live. So um we have New Haven Hospital and it's like a mixture. So you have the experts or like you know the Yale doctors, and then you also have the college students that are coming in that are going to Yale Medical School. Um, so I definitely think he's taken care of, but yeah, it's it's definitely, we were talking because yesterday was our two year anniversary. Um, and we, and so he actually got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis about two or three months into our relationship and he had to be in the, he was hospitalized for seven nights. So it was really rough. It was the beginning of COVID. So I couldn't go in, um, and be with him, not to mention it's like a new relationship. I'm like freaking out. Um, so yeah, he's been on Remicade for almost two years now and he was on the highest dose once a month um, which you guys Remicade is like, it's basically like you're getting treated almost for like cancer. Cause it's like yeah. an infusion that it's low grade chemo. Yeah. It's low grade chemo. <laughs> um, and I, I loved going with him. Like I would go with him and stuff. So that was like, kind of like a cool thing to like, just experience together. Like not it's at his expense, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, it definitely I mean, is rough for us to go through, but yeah. So they're trying something new and then you know he might have to do do surgery
0: Hey, well if you get surgery from ulcerative colitis and like get your colon removed then you're cured and the thing about ulcerative colitis this has turned into an ulcerative colitis talk which is good <laughs> I like a lot of people don't know about ulcerative colitis but don't they uh, don't something that happens when you do have ulcerative colitis or crohn's you're like 10 times more likely to get colon cancer um mm-hmm. which i is know is really scary so if If, um, he does get his colon removed or ends up going that route, it honestly, it cures it. My husband has had no problems, no cramping, no bloody stool, no nothing. I'm so happy
1: that like you're here as a support system for me. Cause I really don't know anybody else that has it that I can like relate to, but the fact that like your husband has it and stuff like, yeah, so good. I'll come to you if I, if. I'll let you, I'll keep you updated on how that's going. <laughs> yeah,
0: please do because I, I know how, how scary it can be. Like when they're in pain, they're cramping, like curled up in a ball. Like I can't, yeah. because I'm in so much pain. And then
1: also yeah. there's the two sides of you. Canceling I mean, things with friends and family because yeah. they don't feel good and they don't want to go to the bathroom. Like at someone else's house.
0: Exactly. Yes. Oh my God. It's the invisible disease that people would look at him and be like, you you look fine to me, but like as yeah. he lost sixty pounds in two months, um, it, it, I mean it's just it's it's such a scary, crazy, weird disease. Like it, you're not likely to like die from it, but you can get so malnourished yeah. that you die from it. Like the side of yeah. of it can kill you. Yeah. Um But I'm really
1: I think does man- your husband drink beer? Now he does. He didn't. Now, okay. Sick, Walt but- doesn't drink beer. I mean he'll have one here and there, but. His thing is vodka sodas it has been hard. Because when you have UC, you, you can't drink anything carbonated, you guys. So um, mm-hmm. no beer, no champagne, no vodka sodas, even though he's drinking it anyways. What, you what do you drink? Fireball? <laughs> wine. He was drinking red wine and white wine for a while. And vodka with water and like a couple of squeezes of orange. But he finds like he's done the whole... Um, we go see a naturopath so when he does like a full cleanse he feels really good but other than that it's it's very up and down
0: has he ever done a colonic is that where it wipes you out yeah like they stick something up your butt and then yeah yeah
1: they've done that and he's yeah he's done that one he's done the endoscopy and the colonoscopy he gets colonoscopy like every four months it really sucks adventures <laughs> <That's really laughs> <really laughs> of lexi and alexis's significant others
0: i mean Absolutely. and there's <laughs> it's so hard too like as you as a i'm gonna say caregiver because that's i mean that's what yeah. it boils down to it's so hard because there's literally nothing you can do to mm-hmm. take their pain away or help them because like if you just pumped him with pain meds then that's going to be horrible on his what liver whatever mm-hmm. whatever pain effects. But I mean, that doesn't even take the pain away. The only thing that helped my husband was smoking pot. The Mm. only thing, he would take edibles, he would smoke pot. Yeah.
1: And well and I smoke too. So um, he definitely, the doctor actually, the naturopath, like gave him a medical card. So, cause in Connecticut, it's very weird on how to get a medical card, but a naturopath can give you a, um, like write your prescription. So he has a prescription now because yeah. Um, so he's actually using that and then CBD gummies that have a little bit of THC really helps for inflammation. So he's been taking a lot of CBD too.
0: Yeah. gosh. I mean, does he take probiotics and whatnot
1: too? Yeah. Yeah. He takes a, um, he does like a shake. He has the living ones that sit in there. So, but he, I think like with us, it's finding the consistency with it. He just Mm -hmm. needs to be more consistent. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) also question. I mean, this, this is going to turn into a therapy session, but (laughs) you have like childhood trauma, like any emotions that were like stored in his colon or anything that maybe his body is like fighting off?
1: Honestly, we've kind of talked about it and not really like Walt had a very great upbringing. He has great relationships with those, both of his parents. Um, the only thing that really upset him is his parents did get a divorce when he was like, I think 15. So it was older, but like in terms of younger, like he, And we talk about it a lot because my childhood after the age of like eight went kind of downhill when my family moved me, which is my turning point in life. That was like my pivot point Mm -hmm. of starting my regression, I guess, (laughs) before I found, you know, self-love and all that. Um, And he always feels bad for me because I didn't love my childhood and he loved his childhood. I mean, they had like a great neighborhood and everybody played and all the kids played and his parents actually had a very amicable divorce. They're friends now. Like we have them over our house for like things. So I really don't think that's it. I'm not sure. He has great relationships with his family, but maybe, maybe it's something he, he just doesn't even realize you never know
0: oh my gosh i mean that was that was kind of like my thought about my husband is like Mm -hmm. i mean what happened is we were on our honeymoon in the dominican republic and then all of a sudden he got really sick and he was like the whole plane ride home like he was in the middle seat like having to get up like 10 times go to the bathroom i mean it was just it was very very hard for him and then we went back to the doctor and they were like oh you just have traveler's diarrhea so they pumped him full of antibiotics. Like every antibiotic you can think of, they tried. And one of them specifically, it was called Cipro, they gave him. And there was this weird side effect. He woke up one day and was like, oh my God, I feel like I like blew up my ankle. Like my ankle hurts so bad. And for some reason, I kept the slip that they give you when you get a prescription. And it, the number one weird side effect on there was an Achilles tendon rupture. And so a part of me thinks that because like because they pumped him so full of antibiotics that just continued putting gasoline on this fire. But they were like, Oh, well, you probably just had it underlying lying dormant. And then you went to the dirty conditions in the Dominican Republic. And that's, that's kind of what like threw the match on it. But even his surgeon was like, I don't know. No doctor knows where autoimmune diseases start, ulcerative colitis Crohn's or anything. She's like, we think because we see the most cases in the United States and Europe that it's because people are way too germophobic, like way too clean freak. She's like, you never see cases of those types of autoimmune diseases in third world countries. I don't know if that's derogatory or developing countries. Um, and you're fine. She was like, I just, I just think that, or we just in the medical community, we think that it's because people are way too clean. She's like, let your children eat dirt. She's, she's flat out told us that before we even had kids. Really? She's like, let them eat dirt, grow their immune system. Um, I mean, it was, it's just so, it's such a scary, weird disease, but what I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to this, I think it's super
1: political with this conversation right now, but I'm not going to, but (laughs)
0: listen, listen
1: to this. I just feel like, you know, you should become immune to all sorts of things like COVID too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're, I mean, we have God given bodies with immune systems that we can, I mean, we're built to fight things off. We're built to survive and some people are I mean it's like silent Darwinism, right? Survival of the fittest. Like it you is. have to adapt to your environment. It's so bad,
1: of... but it really is. That's how it is.
0: I mean, I mean, that's that's just bottom line. And like if if someone's gonna get offended by survival of the fittest, like talk to Darwin, not me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's well, true. a lot of
1: things people don't know about like COVID specifically is COVID thrives on fat cells. So do people get sick that are fit? Yes, absolutely. But normally, if you're super healthy and fit, it's not going to affect you as much as yeah. when you're, you know. So, like, why are the doctors not telling us to have like a healthier lifestyle instead of like get 19 shots?
0: Instead? Yeah, that that's the part for me that I, I just like. I have to rack my brain all the time because I'm like, uh, so we're safer if we continue getting injections
1: rather than right that's what scares me <laughs> yeah
0: like if they the first were, one i
1: was like all right now we're like on a third like they're talking about a fourth like when is it gonna stop
0: when are when are people gonna realize that like they profit off of you getting those injections oh my god like-
1: so much profit what? pharma companies one of my clients you guys i obviously i'll never mention you know who it is or anything but one of my clients her husband is a lawyer for a pharmaceutical company and she tells me everything they get sued all the freaking time you know what i mean
0: there's no liability that they can have like when you get it they Mm -hmm. i mean when they first came out with the first shot they were like you can't the, like the essentially, the pharmaceutical company has no liability, and I'm like, that's my red flag right there. Because if you're trying to force me to get an injection in order to function in society normally, but you have no liability, that's that's where that that's crosses the line for me. I'm like, no, I would rather get COVID, and I did a couple of weeks ago, and I just I like, a couple times too. I feel like I'm I'm naturally, not naturally healthy, but like I actually do things every day for my health. Like I take probiotics every day and that started because of my husband. So that's what I was going to say. If you're listening to this about ulcerative colitis, start taking probiotics every single day and build that natural good bacteria in your gut because yep. what happens when you get UC is all of that good and bad is wiped away and then you're just inflamed. So at least you have a barrier of good bacteria in your gut. Um, the second thing is... Um, 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 Oh, I work out every day. I try Mm -hmm. to, I mean, I do a two minute plank, but still gets my my blood flowing.
1: Dang, two minutes. You go girl. I'm working on my one minute right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then drinking water. Like you have to do things. You have to be preventative. You can't get mad when other people don't get their shots when you're not even taking care of yourself.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Some so people like the easy way out.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's so much easier to outsource your health and yeah. your lifestyle to other people, but like you yeah. can't expect everybody to do that.
1: <laughs> when a doctor tells me that they want me to go on a medicine, I automatically go to my naturopath, pay out of the pocket cuz I don't care, um and I say, "How can we do this without me taking this pill?" and they always Always, always, always have an alternative way of doing things. Not sometimes. Always. I've never had them be like, "Oh no, you should take that." They have always had some sort of alternative that I can try first to see if I can do it holistically. Because if you guys are not familiar with a naturopath, the naturopath everything is like, um, you know, home remedies and um, you know more like vitamins and everything's all natural. So no pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And. Um, I, I mean, I used to have a pill addiction. I took all sorts of kinds of pills. <laughs> there hasn't been a pill that hasn't been in my body. And so, as a, you know, I don't want to call myself an addict, you know, because it was, you know, late teens, early twenties, going through like an intense phase. But like, as somebody who used to be, you know, addicted to pills, like it's very important for me that I don't, you know, just take a Xanax because I am having a bad day. Like, mm-hmm. cause then I can abuse it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. making sure. Um, and I'm using Xanax cause that is the one prescription that I actually still have. Um, I take it probably once every other month, like very, very, very rare occasions. Um, when I have a panic attack or something like that, but I also,
0: I'm trying to like wean
1: myself off of that as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important that you just touched on that too, is like you have to go inside first. Like that's why I see a naturopath as well, because if I'm having really bad anxiety, it's like, okay, obviously I could easily go somewhere and get an anti-anxiety pill, which I have. Like I have a, I have one of those horse tranquilizer type pills. So if I really have a bad panic attack, which I had like, an episode of them that was happening. We're
1: strange what do you have? Like
0: ketamine or something? No, it's like, uh, I, uh, I can look. <laughs> Hold on, let me look. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it is, oh. It is hydroxyzine.
1: Hmm, I've never heard of
0: that before. Yeah, I just wrote horse tranquilizer on it because when I have <laughs> four, four panic attacks, like if you have that, it literally makes you like like one time I remember going into this very, very stressful situation and I took one beforehand and it, it got me through it totally. But the second I left and my adrenaline was like down, I was immediately in the almost <laughs> state. But but it's important to know that like any symptom that you are having is a result of something internal. So yeah, easily you can go get pharmaceuticals and that's what I feel like they want you to do because big pharma is a what trillion dollar industry. They make Mm -hmm. so much money off of people's disease and disabilities. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, everything can be most things can be cured from within. Like if you do a lot of research on trauma too, a lot of that internal healing, like regulating your nervous system, that that in itself is, that's game changing. And I mean, of course, some things are the way you're wired, mm-hmm. which is where I'm like, okay, yeah, do it. But I think we should start with, from within before we immediately go and like...
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on this with my sleep. I've been having awful sleep lately and, um, I think it's in part like from drinking alcohol. Um, so last week I actually, I didn't drink for like a week. Um, and my sleep did get better, but I'm still having like very crazy vivid dreams. And they're not like, I did have one bad dream, but like it's, sometimes dreams like when you wake up from them they kind of almost haunt you and you don't want to go back to bed because you don't want it to continue and so that'll be happening with me but like i could easily go to my doctor and be like hey um can i get a sleep pill and they probably no questions asked would give it to me but Uh instead i'm like nope so i'm trying to do like apple cider vinegar before i go to sleep cbd you know thc gummies um and just really try to do it more like natural um but yeah, it sucks. Like I got like a few hours of sleep last night and it was our, you know, anniversary, but I only had, I had two martinis, which to me, I don't think is like very much, <laughs> not a, not a candle to what I used to be like, but, um, but yeah, I like could not sleep. I was like tossing and churning and I'm like, you know, but it's also stress. Cause you know, being an entrepreneur, like we're constantly thinking about our our business and like, did we do everything? And are we going to fuck something up (laughs) or not?
0: The answer is yes. We're always going to fuck something up, but that's where we have the opportunity to learn and grow, (laughs) right? (laughs) Getting really uncomfortable doing things that are like, oh, shouldn't do that again. Yep. Absolutely. Hands-on learners where it's like, I have to do it. I have to physically fail in order
1: to actually understand. I am definitely that person. Yeah. I even like throughout school, I, if i'm sitting in a lecture in through one ear out through the other ear i'm actually one of those people it's really hard for me to watch like master classes and that type of stuff live i much rather would watch the replay so then i can stop and take notes and um yeah i need to just do things myself and learn by example <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> learn by my learn by my
0: mistakes yeah i'm the same way i think that's why i'm so stubborn and that's why i was a horrible employee because they're like oh do it like this this is our sop and i'm like let's try it a different way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like we just covered literally everything on here. We came, yeah, we could
1: talk about, you could say manifestation and then like go into like natural health. Like there's a lot of titles you could come up with for this amazing episode. Oh my gosh.
0: Right. I I hope people leave this episode with not only like, okay, I have an idea of how to manifest things now, but also like, oh, I should take my probiotics and maybe even (laughs) like, hopefully open their mind and just like starting to plant seeds of question about the things that the mainstream media has been telling us for the last couple of years and, you know, Uh and whatnot. Um, because science is always, science is to be questioned.
1: Yes, I I think that's
0: what we forgot is like, everyone's like, oh, follow the science. But yeah, science in itself. Like the whole premise of science is to question science. Yeah, you're
1: right.
0: Right. It is. Yeah. um, Where can people find you and how can they work with you?
1: Oh, thank you. Um, so you can find me, my website is manifest It kind of gives you an overview of some of the programs I offer and, um, I think one of the programs that I'm actually going to be reselling soon that your followers might like is my Badass Blogger Academy program. Um, I just remembered that. So I'm going to be launching, relaunching that in March um, at a discounted price. So if you're the type of person who really needs to learn more about your page, getting more followers, making it look aesthetically pleasing, um, you can check that out on manifestwithalexis.com. You can find me at manifestwithalexis on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I also have my blog is at full of Sips, S-I-P-S and then some ways to work with me. Um, I'm only taking one-on-one clients in my mastermind currently. So my mastermind I'm opening up, it's every three months, it's a three month program, and it's a mixture of group coaching and one-on-one coaching with me. It's basically mindset manifestation and business coaching all combined. And then we also include a, I also include a photo shoot and a retreat. So payment plans for that start at three fifty. That's something that you're interested in. You can DM me about that. And then I um, have not announced it officially yet, but I am. By the time this gets aired, um, I will have a waitlist going for my summer self love retreat. Um, so that'll be like manifestation and self love based, no business. And if that's something you're interested in, just DM me and I will send you the application to apply.
0: Yay. Oh my gosh. I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to sign up for? <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining me and just being completely open and transparent. Of and- yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: And thank you. Miss you. miss you. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to subscribe, share some love in the reviews, and connect with the both of us on social media. Next week, I'm shaking it up with Alana. We jumped on the podcast not having a topic and no questions. So everything you hear is very vulnerable, authentic, and freestyle. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. We'll see you next week.